What's up, everybody? This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. I got Norma Vol fan and Ryan with me as always. Today, we would like to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, thank you to Grade A Grounds. They are a local coffee roasting company based out of Kingsport, Tennessee, run by Billy and Kurt. They're two teachers in the Johnson City area. And it's a really awesome company. So it's a coffee company, and their main goal is to give back to students in East Tennessee. So it's really cool. Um, they donate 5% of all sales to a nonprofit that supports students all over the Tri-Cities called Coalition for Kids. So the money goes directly towards uh, keeping a classroom at the Coalition for Kids stocked with necessary supplies. So it's, it's good coffee for a great cause. Um, and we will link to them in the description below. Check them out. It's local coffee, local guys, real cool. So thank you guys for sponsoring. And then we will get into some basketball. The basketball's got a big win this weekend. What'd y'all think about that, Jim? Again, I mean, they start off slow. I, I feel like it's a repetitive thing. I mean, yes, we came out on top, which is great. Um, Jordan Ganey really struggled this game, uh, shooting-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing, I feel like Vescovy is starting to come into form. But, you know, every time he has a game like this where he gives us a little sneak peek of, you know, hey, I'm back, you know, usually the next game he's got four fouls and he's out of the game the whole game. So I'm hoping, you know, that turns around. But other than that, really proud of the boys for t- pulling this one out. Uh, back in the win column, you know, and uh, – onto easier games for right now. So we'll see. Yeah. The, you know, the, we had a slow start defensively and, um, Illinois's coach, um, Brad Underwood. There you go. He said that we were kind of th- throwing them curveballs early cause we were kind of giving up the three. Cause those two post players that were hitting threes early, they're not good three point shooters. We were more focused on, uh, making sure, uh, Shannon Jr. didn't do anything, which is he's obviously their best player, and I think it showed later in the second half. But, you know, early on it looked like this game was going to be a all-out shootout. I mean, you, mm-hmm. was, both teams were shooting terrifically up until the four-minute, then it kind of slowed down from there until halftime. But Tennessee looked sluggish, and then we started to ISO connect, and Ziegler and Meshek did their thing on defense, and we – we're able to build that lead and hold on to it till the end. So I'm pretty proud of the boys for getting a, a much needed signature win that we were lacking early on in, in this season. Yeah. I mean, like y'all said, it was a, a kind of a slow sluggish start. And, you know, at the half we were down by two 34, 36, and we really came out on fire in the second and pulled away there. But you know, a big part of it was Illinois, especially in the second half, couldn't buy a basket from deep. I mean, they, they shot 25% from three. So, obviously, you know, that's not going to happen every game. Your opponent isn't going to shoot that piss poor. Um, but still, our guys made enough plays. Connect was back to his his ways, you know, of leading the team in scoring. And then um, 
Adu had another good game. Nobody really is talking about that, but that's that's two really solid performances in a row for Adu. So I'm wondering if he's maybe like, you know, finally feeling the rhythm, like getting in the groove. Because, and like you said, Vescovy, which that's probably the most surprising stat from the game, is Vescovy led the team in rebounds. Yeah, yeah. But hey, however you can get them. Um, Meshack had a nice little offensive game. So, yeah, it, it was a pretty all-around game. I mean, overall, this is probably what you are going to need going forward, like in, in, in these, like, tough games against good ranked teams. This is the type of performance you're going to need where everybody contributes a little bit. Um, like you said, Ganey kind of – he's been disappointing for the last, like, three or four games. But Connect, you know, made had 21. ADU had 14. Triple J, 12, 6, and 7. You know, that's just the kind of all-around performance we're going to need from here on out. For sure. I mean, it's just nice to see all the starters and, and double figures, too. I think that's a going to be a, a big trend with this team moving forward as well. And talking about Viscovi, it, it just looked like he was having fun for the first time in a while. I mean, he hit that fadeaway three from the corner, and then a few possessions later he had that dish to Meshack for an easy bucket on a fast break. And after both of those plays – just the biggest smile you've ever seen. I mean, that three was nuts. That three is like something you you try in your driveway like a hundred times. Yeah, and, and and he can do it, and I'm glad he did it because we we need that kind of confidence and swagger back from him. Yeah, I don't know. One of you guys said it last week. I, we don't really know like what was going on with him at the beginning of the season. That off the field thing he was doing, off the court thing he was dealing with. Um, but you know that was. Who knows what effect that had on his mentality. Uh, but it seems like he's finally back to his old self from last year. It's really good to see, you know, obviously off the court and on the court. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's needed. I mean, Vescovy's, other than probably Triple J, I mean, he's the leader of this team. I mean, mm-hmm. Did's a great defender when he stays out of foul trouble. And it's just we need guys like him, Triple J, and Ziegler and even Adu, I mean, you got you got to keep these guys in the game. It, you got to get these extra minutes from Awaka because when Awaka's playing well, this team usually wins. That's just, you know, how it goes. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but when Awaka is, you know, setting the tone down low in the paint, it opens up more, you know, shots on the outside. So, and Adu, like you said, has been playing really well. So let's hope that continues and... We'll see as we move forward. Like I said, these these games coming up aren't those, you know, Purdue, Kansas, North Carolina games. They're going to be games you should win handily until SEC play. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you just alluded to Waka and his impact. I mean, he only had 16 minutes, but he's able to pull down four offensive rebounds. I think, I mean, that's huge. He, he, he's a he's t- ferocious rebounder especially on the offensive end I mean he battles and battles and, and if he can put in 16 minutes seven rebounds pick up some fouls I mean I, I know that's really not something you want to hear but I think Awak is going to be picking up fouls because that's just the way he plays and that's fine because you know that that's what we need from him is to be physical down low and it obviously has an effect on the game for sure yeah for sure so y'all feel pretty good now I mean we were a little getting a little nervous. Like I know we played really good teams in Maui, and then 
George Mason isn't like, you know, blue blood or anything. How do y'all feel so far through this season? I'm still confident. Uh, I I don't think, I mean, yes, you kind of have those red flags, like kind of in the back of your head, like always pretty much, but um, I'm still confident. I think the SEC isn't as tough as what it looked like before the season started. And I think th- I think our very tough games are behind us already. So I, I'm not saying we don't have any more tough games, but I think our toughest games are behind us. And I think this team hopefully learned from what transpired the three games we lost and take it into conference play. Yeah. I think a lot of the concerns that I had were kind of answered on Saturday. Uh, number one being Viscovy. And I already said, it looks like he's having fun again. Number two being, is Ziegler fully recovered from his injury? And all I needed to see to answer that was him diving on the floor for that steal and dishing it forward to Josiah for a dunk, which really turned the tide in the game. Got got, got the crowd into it big time. So are you, he, still, are you still mad at Ziegler, Ryan? No, he played amazing. He played absolutely amazing. And, he, you know, he's only two of five field goal, but he's not really somebody you're looking to to – put up a bunch of shots. He's more of right. the, the facilitator and the spark plug. And and he's also has, has he also showed some of that New York swagger because after he got that still he stared down that dude after he passed it to Josiah for that dunk. I mean I I mean that's what I, I want to see from Ziegler. And then the last concern I had was what are we gonna do when we're kind of struggling on the offensive end? We're we're not really doing anything. Well the answer to that is you ISO connect until they stop it. And when they stopped it the offense is already back in the rhythm. And, I mean, it's just – it's nice to have a get-out-of-jail-free card, which is ISO, Dalton Connect, and he's going to make something happen. It's just that other, you know, dynamic that we didn't have last year, you know. It's – Yeah. How many times did we get frustrated last year when we're winning games like 54-52 to 52, and mm-hmm. there's just no shots from deep? It's – if, if, if Scobie can't hit a three, then there's just no offense – coming and this year you know I mean we won against granted it's George Mason but connect didn't have a great offensive output against George Mason coming off of his little you know injury so the fact that we can still win games in multiple ways is pretty encouraging and not having to rely on one person solely for the offensive output and JJJ has really impressed me over the last month because he's got he's just the kind of he's just the one guy that can do everything mm-hmm. and, and he, he sorry to interrupt you Bryce um, it's very impressive to me that he played 34 minutes and didn't pick up one foul that's that's the kind of defense you're playing if you if you're a fifth year senior and, and, you, and you know what you're doing yeah, and I mean, it's not like he wasn't playing aggressive. I mean, he got a steal. Yeah, like you know, and he—it's not like he doesn't play aggressively. Like, and like you were talking about about Ziegler. Like, yeah, he's not ever gonna—he's probably never gonna be our leading scorer or anything. But if he—if he is, then that's—we have bigger problems. <laughs> like, if we're—if we're needing to lean on him for scoring, then we we have other problems. But I don't think we're gonna need to. I think. We've done a really fantastic job at balancing the roster overall. And like we've said, 
if there is a weakness, it's it's going to be the the bigs. But I mean, Adu and Awaka have really been stepping it up lately. So, like Jim said last week, Awaka being healthy makes a, a huge freaking difference. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because if we don't have him, we don't have anyone that could dominate the paint. We have like a freshman. All. Yeah, we'll have to we have to go way down the bench if Awaka can't play, and it it just really thins out the roster. Yeah, I mean, and that's something I noticed on Saturday too. We shortened our rotation a lot. We only played eight people, and you know, I think those are the eight that you're going to see come conference play. Because we only played Mayshack, Ganey, and a walk off the bench, and we were still mm-hmm. able to take care of business. Yeah. So, let's see. We have – and Illinois is not a bad team, guys. Like, Terrence – Shannon's obviously their best player, but that that's a solid – I mean, they'll be a tournament team for sure, I think. And then we're well, all – were they not picked to win the Big Ten? I think everybody had. I saw some people. Some people really, really like this Wisconsin team. But yeah, Illinois, sure. Illinois is a really good team. Yeah. So it, it we was probably Purdue. That's, I, I forgot about Purdue. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, Purdue. I, I'm okay if we don't play Purdue again. But. <laughs> yeah. So next game, as Jim alluded to earlier. We should have a few winnable games here in a row. I mean, you have Georgia Southern. You're going to feel pretty good at that at TBA. And nope. then going to Raleigh, taking on the Wolf Pack. Nope, nope. Bryce, we're going to San Antonio for some reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm befuddling, but we're going to San Antonio to play NC State. Which is weird. I, I like – why? That's further away. That's way far from both campuses. I, I don't don't get that one, Danny. <laughs> well, whatever home foot advantage, home court advantage they would have had, they won't have in Texas. I can promise you that. Yeah, um, which, it's, it's just a big deal. So, and they're not a bad team though. I mean, they've started off six and two. So, but Georgia Southern should be a win. NC State, I think we both think should be a win. Tarleton State should be a win, and then Norfolk State. And then conference play starts in less than a month, guys. Well, Miss could possibly be undefeated coming into Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, that's less than a month until we get conference play, and then we'll really get a feel for how the team is. Yeah, so, Ole Miss is certainly a surprise of the early basketball season, which, you know, we I don't – I think we un- undersold them in our preview because we all forgot that they have Chris Beard now. Well, so. they also haven't really played anybody. Yeah, I mean they 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 haven't really played anybody, but they did beat the dog shit out of North Carolina State. So, yeah, which I think is a good thing for us. I think yeah. they did beat Memphis, and Memphis is not a bad team, and um, they just beat them by three. But and they were the home team, so um, you know it's going to be interesting. I I I don't think they're going to be a problem, especially because we're the home team the first game. But I think if they come in undefeated, that play you know. Thompson Boylan Arena is going to be popping. We could be a top 10 team by the time that comes around, depending on what happens. We should be at least close because it all depends on, like, what the teams ahead of us do. Um, you know, Kentucky's playing, I wouldn't say well, but, you know, they're 
you know, they're winning games. So Kentucky's uh, also going to get the benefit of the doubt most of the time just because of their yeah. blue blood basketball team. So, all right. So we, we feel pretty good about the, about the boys, the basketballs. Um, I know y'all are both going to have some hot opinions about the lady balls. Now it's funny because if you listen to our last podcast, it was right after the lady balls got destroyed by Ohio state and everybody was pretty pissed. And I asked you guys if, if you thought that uh, Kelly was going to be safe until the end of the season. And I think <clears throat> me and Jim both made comments about there's no way we lose to middle Tennessee. And sure enough, <laughs> yes, we did. Sure oh, enough, the next day they lost to middle Tennessee and it, it, it really wasn't even as close as the final score. It was pretty bad. Um, and that's just embarrassing. I mean, you can't, the lady balls don't lose games like that's that. That's your little sister. Like, your little sister came, you know, in, didn't they play at Tennessee too? Yeah. I think and, they played in, in Huntsville for some reason. I don't know what college basketball both sides are doing with these silly neutral site games. It's just, it was a home, it was a home game for us, essentially. Basically, so, yes. And the thing is, is like, that that's just not a game that you don't lose that. That would be like that would be like South Carolina losing to Furman. Like it wouldn't happen. And it, it's just so frustrating. And then like today, they played again today and they beat a terrible Eastern Kentucky team. I mean, they're not terrible, but it's Eastern Kentucky. Come on. They beat Eastern Kentucky by 9 points. It's just it, I don't know what to even say at this point. I've been probably of the three of us, I've probably been the most lenient on Kelly. But at this point, like, I took up for Kelly by saying that the expectations are unreachable because everybody is expecting Pat Summit, and that's not going to happen. But there is a – it's not mutually exclusive. Like, there's a middle ground between being Pat Summit and losing to MTSU. For sure. I mean, it's the simple fact is you should have more than a two-point, you know, point differential against those two teams. Like, this is Lady Vols basketball. And I've seen people say, well, this is what my brother said. He went to MTSU. You know, Milton normally wins their conference women's basketball. I'm like, I don't care. Like, really? Like, this is the first time we lost them. We put them 23 times. And they ran the same offensive set over and over again to get an open three, like three or four feet behind the line. And we yeah, listen, I mean, like never adjusted. MTSU is going to win their conference probably, and Eastern Kentucky probably will too. Eastern Kentucky dominates in the A-Sun. But guess what? It's the Conference USA and the A-Sun. We're not – these aren't power conferences that these schools are winning. Like, these are conferences we should dominate. Like you said, Ryan, we're, we're at 22-1 and one against MTSU. Yep. yep. There's a reason for that. And not all of those Tennessee teams that beat MTSU were juggernauts. It's not like we have to have our A game against MTSU. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, that, that's so frustrating to me. Like, I know they're they're not a bad team, but come on. It's Tennessee. The standard, you know, you don't have to be Pat Summit, Kelly, but you can't lose to MTSU. Well, that, that's just like the Austin P game this year, though. I mean, yep. Tennessee played absolutely horrendous and still found a way to win. And 
That's exactly what how you're talking about the Lady Vols is you do not you find your way to win this game, and she didn't. And after that loss, I I don't care you beat Eastern Kentucky by nine. It's like whoop de doo. Like I think Harper needs to be gone already. And you're gonna end up going to like you're playing later in the year. You're gonna play South Carolina LSU. They're gonna run you out of the gym. <laughs> I, like I it's going to be embarrassing. I honestly think South Carolina might beat them by 40. I mean, and today you were only up by four going into the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, and, it, was a dog, it was a dog fight. Which is sad. Very yeah. sad. I, I just, it, it's like we said last week, but before the, the abortion in Huntsville, like the, the, it's, it's time. Danny, please pull the, pull the trigger. I don't, I don't care if we have to have, a, a team manager coaching like you can't go on like this i mean like it's it's like you just said jim if we if we're getting in dog fights with eastern kentucky what do you think is going to happen when we play against Haley van lith and angel reese and yeah like it's going to be a bloodbath and i you know if we fire kelly will that change this year probably not but at this point it's what are you going to get from kelly that we haven't seen yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear anybody say Rakeem Jackson makes this big of a difference, too. Like, you shouldn't need her to win by more than nine or not lose to Middle Tennessee. It, it's it's not a Rakeem Jackson problem. Well, I mean, you can use the you can use the men as an example. Like, exactly. Dalton connects. You know, he played, but he didn't play the full game, and he didn't lead the team in scoring, and we still easily handled George Mason. Now – the women's team probably doesn't have the greatest depth. We all know that. But still, you shouldn't – being without your best player shouldn't matter when you're playing against a group of five conferences and the Atlantic Sun teams. Like, it just shouldn't matter. So, I just think – I don't know how you can look at this team and, and think that it's getting any better. I mean, it, it's getting progressively worse or at best case it's stagnating. Yeah, which is not the, the, those either, either of those two, two situations, whichever one it is, is coach firing time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it probably is. It sucks, but no, I don't let's, know. yeah, let's let's talk about something more uh, uplifting. It, uh, well, what? I wouldn't call this uplifting. Yeah, I, I don't really think do. we got much uplifting. Yeah, I do want to talk about the meat and potatoes with this, uh, you know, transfer portal slash, you know, I guess. I guess you call it recruiting cycle. I mean, um, other than Seton, you know, you gotta we gotta worry about Boo Carter now. And Boo Carter is the probably our biggest. I wouldn't say most talented. Like I mean, the dude's unreal. The dude could play offense, defense, whatever. But I'm saying, you know, star wise, yeah, he's not the most you know highest star rated player we got, but. In, in terms of peer recruiting and talent and, you know, all that, you know, shindig, Boo Carter cannot – we cannot lose Boo Carter. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, that's the number one priority right now besides getting whatever else you can out of the portal and closing out the recruiting class you do have. I mean, that's priority number one. Well, that's good. I mean, Staley, you know, he, he committed and signed and he shut down his recruitment, which is huge. Um, with the South Carolina really trying to get him to flip, but you know he signed the dotted line and he he wanted to be on Rocky Top, which is huge. And um, 
I know I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Boo is supposed to early like do his early signing day and start going to ball practices, and um, so it's good. We'll see, you know, um, what what transpires with that. I mean, I'm still on like Mach nine, trying to not really worry about it, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's hard not to overreact this time of year just because there's so much going on that we don't know. Um, and you know, a lot of people's minds can be changed. It's, it's more unpredictable than ever just with the NIL and social media clout playing such a huge role. I do think we're going to get to the elephant in the room here in a second. Uh, but I do want to talk first about the tight end position. So I'm wondering what the plan is here because like we saw uh, Eccles mm-hmm. transferred to went went to go reunite with Golesh, um, which is a huge get for Golesh. I think I think he's going to really build something down there, and I hope he does. I hope he does well. Um, but I don't it just, think anyone expected him to stay, though. Yeah, that that that, that was a talk on Ball Quest is that he was never really a really important recruit to us, but it's you know now it becomes necessary to land. Holden stays. And uh, another- yeah, I mean, that's kind of my point is, like, I'm not really too torn up about it. And nobody on campus, from what I've heard, nobody on campus has lost sleep over that. But what's the plan? What's the alternative plan? Because we had Justin Jolie who was coming into town. And I know we kind of memed it. Uh, but, I mean, I really did want him. I mean, I, I was at the UConn game. And you can tell if a player is – a power five guy. And I, I think Jolie's really going to help somebody out. Um, so w- w- we decided not to visit with him because we're visiting, you know, we did the Holden stays visit, but Holden stays is going to a couple other places. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you don't get Holden stays, the tight end is room is looking pretty thin. Yeah. We're going to have to hold off Washington playoff team and Oklahoma top 10 team. Like it's, it's going to be a, a, a tall task to land him. And, we really need to now, like like you just alluded to. Yeah, the fact that, man, uh, Jolie's such a good kid, too. Uh, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking to see a kid that wants to be an Orange and the coaches, they, I, I, I mean, I guess you could say they let him go. And I think, you know, letting him go, or I, I don't know, would you guys call it letting go? Because... Uh, you necessarily did telling him that you were going a different way. Well, I don't think he, I don't think he cares if we say this, but like he he literally said in in DMs that he was going to be a vol if it if the opportunity was presented to him. So I mean, literally, if it was his decision, he would be a vol next year. So that's kind of disheartening, especially if we don't get Holden stays because you have a guy that's a, a very quality player who wanted to be a Vol, and we basically basically big-timed him. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like you got a Christmas bonus from your job, and then instead of going and cashing it, you went to the, uh, a slot machine. That's yeah. Especially what, what we did. So you, you got to hope, you know, you get three of the same in, in, in a sense. Well, now, hopefully, though, like, I mean, I'd like to think – I'm going to give Hypo the benefit of the doubt, like – Hopefully he knows that there's something coming or else they wouldn't have done that. Cause why would you not just take a visit with everybody? Like, 
at this time well, of you year. Gotta, you got to remember they have that that uh, you know visit thing going on with the with the punishment we got to where we could only have a certain amount. Yep. So that's probably part of it to where they're like, you know what, let's not use it if we know we're not going to go that route. Right, but I'm just saying, they. I feel like if you don't know you're getting another tight end, they probably would want to meet with as many as possible. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but they also, they're also looking at the UCLA kid too. Yep. Yeah, which, you know, we'll see what goes. I mean, like I said, I don't want to completely overreact because you don't know stars aren't everything, you know, uh, what they did last year, who knows if they'll do the same thing in a different system. It, it you know, it's still early too. who knows what will happen, but I do think it is a little bit disappointing. Obviously it's like an NFL free agency, you know, like when your team a, a week goes by and your team hasn't signed anybody and you're like kind of pissed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do bad next year. It just, it's, you know, it's just frustrating. Like you want to see some big, some big names come in and especially what you see, like, um, Jim, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. Uh, we like a couple of the moves Kentucky's made so far. Mm-hmm. Well, Kentucky knows where they're weak at and they went, they're going after it. And that's right. what that's what frustrates a lot of the Vol fan base. And I know I'm talking for them, but you know, it, you know where we're weak at, and you know where where you know what's gonna you know not suck, but we're gonna be weaker than we were th- this year. And we're just we're not seeing the people, you know, come in and take those visits, or oh, we're talking to this guy, and you know all that. And I'm not saying five star guys, but the DB room, we need starting DBs cuz all of our guys are young. Not saying they're not going to be good. I'm just saying, you know, you need those experienced guys and we're it doesn't even look like we're talking to any. Yeah. The the good news is it's still early in this window. Uh stays he he talked to Volquist. It was it was a good report from the visit. But at the end, he said, I'm still going to take my other two visits. So we, we, we really need to get him. And, you know, and we also had a visit from a Middle Tennessee kid uh, over the weekend uh, in, in the secondary. He's a corner from, from Innsworth. Not a transfer, but just a, a normal recruit. He was under the radar throughout most of the fall, but now he's really trending up, trending up in the, on the recruiting rankings. Um, and he is, has a visit left with Missouri, and it looks like it's down to us in Missouri. He's still going to visit them. And he, he said he's going to commit, sign, do whatever during the, the early signing date. So that's somebody I would like to see us land. His name is uh, Jaron Sensabaugh from, from Innsworth. Um, and then there, there's a lot of other names that I, I've seen that we're talk, they're, they're talking to as well. So I, I think the, the big name, big word right now for me is patience from, from the fan base. But, you know, the other word for the coaching staff would be urgency. Because you got to do something soon. Well, it's just like you look at Dabo in, in the transport. He never, he doesn't do anything, and all the teams that dip into it are getting better. And that that's like how we were talking about Kentucky. Kentucky is getting better with the transfer portal. Because I think Vandergriff or whatever his name is is going to be better than Leary. Leary was just after his injury, he wasn't the same. 
And I think this guy is going to come in. I mean, he's coming from a, the number one program in the country, uh, former five-star talent. And I think, you know, that's a huge pickup for them. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like Ryan said, it's still a little early. But, again, there's a lot of guys in the top. So I was looking at the 247 transfer portal um, rankings, and – probably like 10 of the top 100 have officially come out. Obviously the big ones, uh, Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon, which we weren't going to be in the running for Dylan Gabriel. I'm just saying. And then Kentucky got a couple guys, but they're still like most of the top guys haven't officially committed to anybody yet. So, I mean, there's still a ton of potential out there. Walter Nolan hasn't signed, but Walter Nolan also wants quarterback money. So, But that's a big position. That's a big position we need. It is. And especially, you know, like, I don't know, though, if if they'll feel the need to to dish out that much for Nolan, especially if Norman Lott and Big O come back. You know, it's kind of like they might not think it's that necessary. Uh, I think uh, you're going to need another probably one or two at least because, I mean, Big O, he looked – I wouldn't say he looked bad this year, but he, I don't know about you guys, but he, it looked like he was a little bit out of shape. He ghosted a little bit, yeah. Um, well, I guess we should talk about this. Um, we had a couple more notable names enter the portal. Now, Tyler Barron kind of – he obviously is the biggest name, and he did the same thing last year, but this time I think it's probably for real. It kind of seems like he just wants to get a bag. And then Danico Slaughter entered the portal. Who gives a shit? I, I I don't understand why anybody was upset about that. He he's not good. I mean, I was joking. Yeah. I was joking with Ryan, but I'm kind of not joking. Like, I feel like Danico's two options are go to a Power Five school and sit the bench, or go be a starter at Kent State or Toledo. Like, I I, I don't think Danico is good enough to start in the SEC. So I don't really care about that. I I could definitely see him. I mean, look at Warren Burrell. I mean, he committed to Georgia Tech earlier today, and I think they're going to be, you know, going to schools more like that to, you know, they'll play, and it's a little bit easier of a, you know, job or task is to play on teams like that. One of those lower power five schools that, you know, wins six or seven games a year, that's where they'll go. And I think I think there's a little bit though that you know we don't know about yet because this isn't like confirmed. I'm just saying, but you know they probably know that they're not going to be playing next year, and because you, they probably told them something because there's no way, you know, because Danico Slaughter would have been a starter at Tennessee. I'm just I'm sorry, but that's the way this program has been run. You know, since Heupel's yeah. been here, he's he's the he's the senior guy. He's going to start. And yeah, I yeah, mean that's, that's a good point. That's so, the reason. Uh, that's the reason that I'm not concerned about who we have leaving so far because three of them are in the secondary. Like it's it's pretty unbecoming of our fans who are concerned about people leaving that a secondary you you know, trashed all year and you got players leaving from it. Like, I don't see that as a big deal. I mean, it's just like you said, Jim, like if they're leaving, it's going to open up spots for other guys. Like, and that's all what we all wanted to see throughout the year. 
So I, I well, don't see it as a bad thing necessarily. The, the biggest spot we got to go for is offensive line. I mean, John Campbell coming back is gigantic. Um, not, not you know, guaranteed, but looks to be, you know, in a good spot. Cooper Mays and Spragans, uh, you know, to potentially come back. And you need a right tackle. And that's where you got to spend your money is you got to go get that that stud offensive tackle and an inside lineman. And Tennessee could be dangerous, especially if those three guys are for sure coming back. I mean, if you could protect Nico and, get, you know, give Samson those holes to run through, which we know he can. And I think this Tennessee's offense is going to look, I'm not going to say like last year's, but it's going to look better than it did this year. Yeah, for sure. So on, on a positive note, about the only good thing that happened last week, uh, Keenan Peely is officially coming back now. Hell yes. I love that, dude. That's basically a transfer portal edition. I mean – yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's huge because he even though it was a quarter, two quarters, whatever it was against Virginia, our defense looked like a brick house, and I think a lot of it had to do with him out there flashing the flashing the signals for everybody. Like I think that's a big get. It's a, it's an experienced linebacker, and that's not a position you want to be in, inexperienced at. And we saw that throughout the year with Herring struggles, and then. Um, you know, the, the other linebackers you played, I mean, it's just not where, where you want to be inexperienced. So I think that's a really big deal. What was big, though, with Herring playing this whole year is that I'm not necessarily worried when Peely comes out for a break. Exactly. And yeah. I, I think Herring did a – He no, he wasn't great, but he, you know, showed that he can play. And I think that's was huge for us for next year. I mean – Peely's going to come back. That dude's insane. He's going to be awesome, especially with Beasley gone. And Arian Carter, that dude's going to be a beast, man. I mean, he'll he's going to heal up this offseason, and he's probably going to be a starting linebacker next year. Yeah, that's a very very good point because, you know, for all the inexperience he had last year, they'll, they'll have the experience coming into this year. And a guy that, you know, is really, really experienced – to kind of lead them along the way because people, I don't think, you know, people talk about this enough where we're losing Aaron Beasley off this team too. So you're getting, getting Peely back and not relying on those two young people as much experience as they gained is a big deal. Exactly. And we're not for sure positive that, uh, I mean, depending on how his grades come back in, in the draft combine or whatever, but Wright can come back. Jalen, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he could. I think he's he's want he's wanting that bag though. So yeah, but he's worth it. Look at look at his year this year. If he, then yep. you know with with you know Samson, it'd be a it'd be a you know a Wright and Samson show, which would be awesome. I mean, even if it's not, it's going to be a Samson and Selden show or Samson and Lewis show. I mean, I mm-hmm. think. We're we're looking pretty good at the running back position. Uh, I wouldn't say Lewis. I think Lewis is going to play a little bit, um, but he'll probably be focused on the special teams like Seldon was this year. And I think Seldon yeah. will play a little bit more. Yeah, I mean that's it's like you said earlier. It's kind of how we we do things in Knoxville now. We, yeah, we, we roll oh, the yeah. experience. Dude, Peyton Lewis. Let me just tell you right now, Peyton Lewis is going to be 
nuts. He is going to be so good for the Vols. Yeah. Same thing with Selden. Selden's great. It's just, you know, he's young, and he didn't get any playing time this year, really. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, especially we touched on it earlier before we started recording, too. I think Samson, I think we we all feel pretty good that he'll he'll be back next year. I mean, I I think he would have entered if he was playing on it. Um, I do want to talk about it. So we kind of got blue balled this week. Everybody was kind of talking themselves into Seton coming to Tennessee. And then, you know, he pulled a fast one and went to Colorado. And I know this is going to sound like tremendous amounts of copium, but I now that I, you know, think about it objectively, I'm glad he's not coming. I mean, me too. Would it, would it be cool to have a player like that that's that talented? Yes, but talent isn't everything. I mean, the dude played at three different high schools. And so did you see why he didn't come, though? Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, about the the text to the mother or something saying don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, and no, I thought you were talking about something. I thought you were talking no, about No, no, so what happened was is they didn't say what school it came from, but um, I guess whoever was talking to the parents of Seton and said, oh, don't don't drink the Kool-Aid that they're talking about down there, about Colorado. And apparently Prime, Coach Prime, took that and ran with it and said, oh, you, you know what they're saying, right? Like they're talking about because we're black. And that's apparently, that's uh, not confirmed, but that's what, you know, it's out there. And I don't see how that isn't the reason why we didn't get him. And I'm not saying, I know it's our school in general, but it's very possible. Well, if that's true, then that's even stupider. And that is pretty telling in my opinion. No, I agree. I'm like you. I think it was great that he didn't come here. I mean, the dude, his interview that he did after he committed, I mean, the dude has a room temperature IQ. Like, that. I'm fine with him going somewhere else. I mean, clearly he just doesn't, he gave off a real cocky vibe. I didn't like the whole calling himself the savior thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Just casual blasphemy, but talk like related to football. Like really? I mean, I just don't like the the arrogance of that. It, it, It just seems very, he seems very narcissistic and about himself and, you know, I mean, if he wants to go win five games and hang out with rappers, you know, that's his prerogative, I guess. Yeah, well, just, Rock Johnson. Yeah, it, he just seems like a clout chaser. And, you know, I know this is an old-fashioned take, but you're, you're an offensive lineman. Just shut up and, like, don't let your quarterback get sacked. Like, this is not the position to be a clout chaser. Like, I don't – like, he the reason – People thought he was going to L.A. to announce his recruitment because he was working out. It turns out he was going to be on Undisputed. Like, I don't. Yeah, like he, he's doing the media rounds. He wants he wants the Rolex, and he wants to hang out with The Rock and Migos. And, and you know, that's fine. You know, he'll uh, – when Dion leaves after this year, after they win five games, we'll, we'll see what he does. I'm sure he'll be one of those guys that – hops every year i mean that's what he did in high school yeah uh, i just uh you know it's like you said when we, when we first started talking about it, i'm like this this sounds like a lot of copium but i don't 
think it's a wrong take to have. Like, it just doesn't seem like the type of player that is good to have in a program. Well, and I wouldn't have been as annoyed. Like, if he would have just picked Ohio State over us, I wouldn't have been annoyed about it because it's like, okay, like, I can understand that. Ohio State is never bad. Like, Ohio State is a perennial top team. You know, if you think you have a better chance to win there, so be it. But the fact that he picked Colorado just pissed me off because I know it's just a clout-chasing, like, narcissistic move. Like, well, there was no football reason to go there. They don't have an office coordinator or an offensive line coach. Like, I, it's obvious move of, like, you just want attention. Yeah, so like Dan Lanning said when before Oregon played Colorado, they're over there to make memes. We're over here to win games. So whatever. Yeah. Hey, and there's so many people in the portal to where I'm not worried about it. I mean, and that, and like we said, I mean, there's so much time to where there's guys that are going to enter that aren't even in it yet. So, um, yeah, I'm not raw fan base. Do not be worried about anything right right as yet it's not don't don't be sweating right now um but going back to the colorado offensive line so apparently it's going to be uh seaton freshman uh then it's going to be a jacksonville state lineman an indiana lineman a utep lineman and a houston lineman so still think probably five to six games they'll win yeah, well, it doesn't sound like a recipe for success on the offensive line. No, and it, it, it didn't work last year, and it won't. Like, here's the thing. So the Cover 3 podcast on CBS, which is great, by the way, they were kind of ahead of the whole hype train with Colorado. Like, when Colorado beat a couple – which, by the way, everybody was a Colorado fan for like a month, because, and then they, the teams that they beat, we found out, actually suck ass. Like, nothing that they did this year was really impressive. But – all the guys that they got via the transfer portal last year are guys that nobody else wanted. Like, other than Shador and Travis Hunter, nobody on their starting lineup would start for anybody else. But, like, they have a bunch of mid players. But Now, to be here. honest, with what you were saying, though, about Ohio State, yeah. like, think about Ohio State. No offense, but they their schedule is way easier than their fans make it to be. Oh, and for sure he would have a better chance of playing in a national title game at Ohio state. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like I wouldn't, I I definitely wouldn't hold it against him. I mean, I'd be upset, but if you're, if you're choosing Ohio state over Tennessee, like I can understand the argument. There, there is no football argument. If you pick Colorado over Tennessee though. Nope. But let's, I I don't even want to talk about him anymore. He's, he's in the past. I, I, he wasn't meant for this team. And, uh, I won't be that guy that doesn't wish him luck. I really do wish everybody luck because not everyone's going to come to Tennessee anyway. Um, I, and I know for a fact he's not going to be playing for a national title in his college career. So um, other than that, I mean, what else do you guys want to talk about? I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of interesting names in the portal that, you know, I, that we were in the talking about, but now we're not. Like Juice Wells, Juice Wells is not going to be on Tennessee. No, I mean apparently he had a visit, and there was no report from the visit, so that's not a good sign. I guess, I guess we could probably write him off. Well, he, um, wa- he he wants a lot of money. Yeah, he, he probably came to campus and I asked for negotiators. It's probably what happened. So um, he seems like a Lane Kiffin type. 
Yeah. So the Austin Price of LawQuest put out two names today that Tennessee might look look to offer in the in the, in the coming days. Um, Kamari Ramsey, safety from UCLA, and then uh, Chris Brazel, wide receiver to Lane. Those are two oh, names. Dude, he's nasty. No, he's sick. So he's two four seven sports did a podcast talking about like group of five guys that could make the jump, and he was the number one receiver that they had. And a lot of people, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watched a lot of Tulane, but a lot of people that know a lot about football like him a lot. Yeah. So if we can offer him and get him to campus, I think that's that 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 would be a fantastic get. And yeah, that won't that won't be like a very sexy move, but it'll be under the radar, very solid pickup. But it's just like you said earlier, not everything's about stars. Not everything's about where you've played in the past. It's about the the fit on the team you're going to and the trust you have in the coaches. So that's and we need and who uh, McDonald's is he coming back? Did he announce that yet? He hasn't announced anything that I've seen yet, which makes me believe he's probably going to come back. But you know, it's like I said earlier, we're still early on in the process of this new this new era of college football we've come to come to know. So I love it. I, I know a lot of people don't, but I think it's awesome. Like it is awesome, but a lot of kids leave for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah, but they're just learning the lesson a couple years earlier than they would have. I mean, it's it's like the people who declare early for the draft and then they get drafted like the sixth round and then they play like one or two years. It's just they're learning it earlier now. And I'm all for people getting their money. Like I, I'm never gonna shame a guy for getting as much money as you can, especially when you play a violent sport like football. Yeah, and especially when the coaches have had free reign for the last 100 years to go wherever they want. They don't. They never had to set out, set out a year, and they left for money too. So, you know, it's just – I think the big thing to me is that there's a lot of overreaction in, in these few weeks at this time of year. There's a lot of overreaction. There's a lot of, you know, overreaction both ways, positive or, or negative. It's just – you just got to take everything with a grain of salt this time of year and just hope your team can come out of it with a, a roster that's worthy of competing the following year. It's just how, how I look at it. Anything else you all want to hit? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. I think uh, what do you guys think about this game coming up? Uh, I guess we could do a little prediction since we won't hit a podcast before the game this Tuesday. Um, you know, coming off this big win – uh, against Illinois, what are you guys feeling about um, this game? Georgia Southern. Up? Yep, should be a blowout. Um, you know, I'd like to to see another solid all around effort. Hopefully, Connect doesn't have to score twenty five. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, listen though, the, this Georgia Southern team did lose to a team we beat by thirty. So. Yep. Michigan State beat them 86 to 56. Yep. Yeah, I don't think they're very good. Um, we shouldn't need – hopefully this is a game where several freshmen are playing. Yeah, I'm, my – I want to, like, buy a huge spotlight and put a signal over it that says DJ Jefferson for this game. Please get him some minutes. Like, I want to see what this kid can do because I said it on the last one. He's one of the most athletic people on the team. All you got to do is go and watch our one fly, we all fly before every game. He's doing it most of the time. 
Like, yeah, and I mean, if he don't get minutes, man, he could end up leaving. Yeah, I mean, you don't want a player of that who has that much talent to leave. I mean, the transfer portal exists in college basketball too. Like, like he he is a player that we need to start paying more attention to within the program. Like, this guy's good, and I think if we can get him in the fold, it's just another guy that can make a difference come come conference playing in March. So I, I really want to see him to, on on Tuesday night, and I really want to. See, a lot more names, too. I mean, Freddie DeLeon is a guy I've been harping on. I think he's going to be terrific. And uh, I'd like to see the two uh, freshman posts get in there and get, get some run as well. So my what I'm looking for on Tuesday is a lot of development of, you know, the, the future of this program. There you have it. We've got a lot of stuff to look forward to, I think. So Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. I had one thing. I want to – Yeah. Shout out everybody affected by the tornadoes yesterday. Thought thoughts and prayers with everybody. I know we're trying to Bryce, if you want to speak to this, we're, we're gonna try to put something together, raise some money for these people because around Christmas it's just awful. I, I know there there was three tornadoes within thirty minutes of my house, so I, I was lucky. Everybody I, I know is okay, but there's a lot of people who aren't. So I just want to sh- shout out those folks affected. Yeah, my hometown got pretty destroyed um pretty bad probably the worst it's been since i've been alive there's a lot of destruction it's you know you always you hate to see it anytime but especially right before christmas it just it really sucks so stay tuned um we're gonna be doing something for people um we'll, we'll have further developments when the time comes so stay tuned for that and then i wanted to once again just give a shout out to our sponsor. Um, you know, it means a lot to be able to do this um, and then have awesome companies like Grade A Grounds that are supporting it and then also supporting the local East Tennessee community. So if you like coffee, I really recommend Grade A Grounds. It's great coffee for a great cause. Go balls. Yeah. Go balls. Go balls. <laughs>